Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 319, Feb 10, 2020. 49 degrees was the high, the record high on this day in 1877, and it was 24 below in 1885. And I and do now, that for my own amusement. From the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. It's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiman. Good afternoon. Good morning. Hi. Hi. A lot to do today. A lot on our plates. Uh, we're going to begin with some political news uh, featuring Joe Biden. Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe in New Hampshire uh, calling a young woman a lying, dog-faced pony soldier. Ooh. And, uh, <laughs> it's just so over the top. It's, it's a very curious situation. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. She was, I'm going to help you. She was uh, conf- uh, he was confronted by an attendee at a uh, meeting, town hall or whatever in New Hampshire, and uh, we'll, we have that audio for you. So you're arguably the candidate with the greatest advantage in this race. You've been the vice president. You weren't burdened down by the impeachment trials. So, or in the participation. So how do you explain the performance in Iowa, and why should the voters believe? that you can win the national election? It's a good question. Number one, I was a Democratic caucus. You ever been to a caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. You said you were, but you're, you're, now you got to be honest. I'm going to be honest with you. It was a little bit confusing in Iowa, number one. But let's assume it was all, everything was exactly right in Iowa. The idea that you come in with about half the can, half the delegates that the leaders come in with in Iowa does not necessarily say how you're going to win Pennsylvania, how you're going to win what? Michigan, where, by the way, the, the uh, Black Caucus of the Michigan legislature just endorsed me in spite of all of this, where the unions have endorsed me in spite of all this, et cetera. You can't win. You can't win. If I would have been that lady, I would have just gone off just right away. Listen, you old tired old <laughs> fart! <laughs> How does he have the nerve to say that? And to that her? story said that he was confronted. She was handed a microphone. Yeah, he wasn't confronted. And that was, it was so not. But it was so over the top. Now oh he had goodness. an incident earlier where he had a tense exchange with a voter in December, where he called the older guy fat. Remember? Oh yeah. And, and he, yeah. he challenged him to a push-up contest. Yeah. 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 Come on, what? man. Let's do push-ups together here man let's run biden said at the time he challenged the man on his physical fitness let's do whatever you want to do let's take an iq test whatever okay uh lying dog-faced pony soldier uh the washington post is researching it no one can seem to find where it comes from or why he said it well the only thing i can think of is the movie what movie? Oh, it's from the 50s. Well, i'm gonna cover that canadian uh, canada mounted patrol it's Mm. it's not Uh, a good movie uh, whoever wrote this, this is by Scott Johnson. Having slept on it overnight, I wonder where the line came from. The Washington Post reports that Biden drew it from John Wayne in the film Hondo. Oh. The Post also asserts that Biden's insult was jocular. As the headline has it, 
Biden jokingly calls voter who asked about Iowa a lying dog-faced pony soldier. Uh, that would suggest the, poke is, the Post is cushioning Biden's dissent. Oh. Uh, if, if that was a Republican candidate, I'm sure that would have been vilified, hey. especially of by course. the Washington Post. Checking around online, uh, I note that other outlets have gone deeper in their search for the source of the insult. Biden has used the line before, and Reuters reported that he said it in reference to the 1953 John Wayne movie Hondo. A search of the script revealed a few references to pony soldiers and lying, but not together nor with the dog-faced portion. Some on social media suggested Biden may have been referring to Pony Soldier, a 1952 film that starred Tyrone Power and not John Wayne. However, according to Slate, the line as Biden used it never appeared in that film either. Yeah, it, does, it doesn't make sense no. that it would be in that. Yeah, the quote yeah. uh, comes from the Huff Post under the headline signals a view of Biden's descent that is somewhat more in tune with the weirdness than the Post lying dog face. What? Joe Biden mystifies with bonkers joke insult at voter. Uh, in other words, the Post continues to try and maybe soften this. Uh, in the spirit of scholarship, the search for the source continues. Well, so Uncle, nobody really knows no. where Uncle Joe came up okay. with that or why he would have chosen just arbitrarily and whimsically to accuse this young woman of being a lying, <laughs> lying dog-faced dog pony, pony soldier. soldier. Let's just sit back and enjoy the freak show that is the Democratic Party yeah. right now and hope that somebody in that party has the good sense to say, hey, Bloomberg, what's up, buddy? And maybe hear more from him. So we haven't really decided what level of insult it is. <laughs> you know, on a scale of one to ten. Well, the room seemed. The room didn't seem aghast. No. Uh, they laughed it off. They laughed it off. <laughs> I, I don't know what it means. Uh, or maybe Uncle Joe's just saying, "I'm just going to start making stuff yeah, up." Yeah. <laughs> but but the but the accusation of her being a lying dog-faced pony soldier is disproportionate to the very simple question he asked her, which was, "Have you ever been to a caucus?" Right. And she nodded yes. And he goes, "No, you haven't. Yeah, you yeah, lying dog-faced pony soldier. <laughs> what the hell is that?" That's the insult. Wow. Now, uh, Ilhan Omar update, please. Here is your latest Ilhan Omar report on Garage Logic. <laughs> Residents of the 5th Congressional District will be glad to know that Ilhan represented you yeah. in Las Vegas over the weekend, oh. uh, campaigning for Bernie Sanders. Uh, and from Bernie's own site, we get Representative Ilhan Omar will campaign for Senator Bernie Sanders in Las Vegas uh, yesterday. This will be the Congresswoman's first trip to Nevada on behalf of Bernie. During her visit to Las Vegas, Representative Omar will meet with Bernie Bernie 2020 volunteers and hold a town hall. So it was at 3 o'clock yesterday at the Southwest Canvas launch, Bernie 2020 Southwest Field Office. Uh, and it uh, tells you how to get there and the tickets. That was all from Bernie's site. So uh, never mind that all hell is breaking loose, people getting murdered on a bus in the 5th Congressional District. Uh, uh, Ilhan uh, is representing you by uh, taking her uh, little act out to Vegas to in campaign fact, for Bernie. In fact, Reverend Tim uh, tweeted that very thing, Joe, mm -hmm. uh, retweeting, Ilhan saying, we won in Iowa, we got a win in New Hampshire, then Nevada. I'm in Las Vegas today holding a town hall for at Bernie Sanders. Please join us, RSVP, here. To which the reverend said, so let me get this straight. Two shot on a bus, one dead from that, one shot and makes it to the hospital, and you feel it's more important to be in Nevada than CD5. Mm -hmm. I see a problem here. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
Well, her, her, let's put that in context. I understand completely his sentiments. Her presence here could have not have stopped the shooting. I think his point is, you're really not paying attention to your district. That's exactly what right. it is. Yeah, yep. you're just not paying attention to your district. Nor because, do you care. Because you have a worldview that has nothing to do with the 5th Congressional District of Minneapolis. Nope. Nothing. Now, it's also noted that she is taking heat for sharing an article for the GI Bill. That's legislation that pays for American service members' higher education. She wants the GI Bill to apply to all U.S. citizens. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> the story written by Marine and Iraq veteran Will Fisher, who used the GI Bill's benefits to pay for his college education, argues that the benefits of paying for veterans' education have far outweighed the cost, and covering all Americans' tuition would benefit not only those avoiding student debt, but the economy as a whole. Imagine what it would do for our country and those who live here if we were to take the ethos behind the original GI Bill and apply it to everybody, canceling all student debt and making public colleges, universities, and vocational schools tuition-free, Omar tweeted. Omar was criticized for advocating such a massive expansion. I'm a recipient of the GI Bill, responded Chris Manning, a veteran who ran for Congress in New Mexico as a libertarian in 2018. The GI Bill was earned by agreeing to serve my country for six years and put my life at risk as an infantryman in Afghanistan. It wasn't something just given to me with nothing expected in return. Don't cheapen our sacrifice with this comparison. Uh, and then other people weighed in, but this is just a new way to say that she's in Bernie's camp for uh, everything to be free. Free the there, free there, stuff. There's free. No, there's no. There isn't. There isn't anything that's free. Omar also received support. Uh, along with Senator Bernie Sanders and Representative Pramila Jayapal, Democrat Washington, Omar introduced a bill that would eliminate tuition and fees at all public four-year colleges and universities in addition to trade schools, community colleges, and apprenticeship programs. Who's to pay for that? Well, obviously the taxpayers would have to pay for that. Or they've got to pay the teachers. Or they just get shut down. It's just going to close up shop. But look what's overlooked. As you have said, the big education. No, they don't ever talk about lowering education prices at the universities. That just remains uh, ballooning and unchecked. Big yeah, education right. has never been brought to Washington and sweated under the Klieg lights. Big pharmaceutical has, big insurance, big oil, big tobacco, big sugar. You name it, they're all vilified, but not education. Nope. Big education has never been brought to the table and grilled about their endowments, their their rates of tuition increases versus uh, versus inflation. Nothing. Well, that's because the government is acting as the middleman making the loans. They're they're in an unholy marriage. Well, big education and big politics mm. are in an unholy marriage. And now uh, you have these uh, Marxists among us who want this to be completely free. There being no such thing as completely free. It doesn't exist. But that doesn't happen at the Free Stuff Fest? No, Bernie's going to plant the magic trees <laughs> yep. from which all the free stuff will fall. I gotcha. Yeah. The magic trees. Right. <laughs> uh, on a completely different note, did you hear about the uh, British Airways jet that flew from New York to yeah. London oh, yeah, yeah. and set a record for... Uh, Four hours and 56 minutes. <laughs> pushed by an 800-mile-an-hour wind <laughs> in the jet stream. Wow. Yep. It reached speeds of 825 miles an hour at 30,000, at 35,000 feet. 35,000. As it was carried on a jet stream 
boosted by Storm Ciara, which has been battering the UK. Is that faster than the Concorde did it? <laughs> I, it's right there, isn't it? I don't Concord, know. Concorde, let's see. Uh, the BA Flight 112 took off just four hours and 56 minutes for the transatlantic trip. It uh, took just four hours and 56 minutes. Touched down at Heathrow 80 minutes ahead of schedule. The only problem. The only problem was if it was like MSP, mm-hmm. they had to sit on the tarmac for an hour because they weren't expecting them. <laughs> well, here's my question. Here's my question. Oh. I suppose I could have looked it up, Somebody's and I apologize because I didn't because I was doing other homework. Wait, at what point does the plane fall apart? Well, that's what I was thinking. The, Disintegrate the, the shaking, but like you said, they make those things undestructible. Like that 69 Ford I had. It had 390 <laughs> in it. You could get that baby up to 120, but it felt like it was just going to explode. <laughs> bouncing and bucking and weaving all over the road. <laughs> the pilot will have sat their aircraft in the core of the jet stream, and at this time of year, it's quite strong. Turbulence in those jet streams can be quite severe, but you can also find it can be a very smooth journey. However, despite traveling faster than the speed of sound, the plane would have not have broken the sound barrier as it was helped along by fast-moving air. Relative to the air, mm-hmm. it was traveling slower than 801 miles per hour despite being given a huge boost by Sierra, dubbed the storm of the century in the U.K. Got all that? I think mm. so. I told you it was a completely different note. <laughs> completely different. <laughs> I'm, still, different note. I'm still completely obsessed with the people that are supporting Bernie. Mm-hmm. Are, 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 do they know what they're getting themselves into, or and is that what they want? They want they want to be suppressed. They want everything they earn to go to the government, to the government to give them cheese and bread and mm-hmm. soup. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I can help you because this is a world of doom <laughs> mm-hmm. that he's he's painting. And how can they not see that mm-hmm. with their homemade yard signs and cheesy bumper stickers? Perhaps I can help you. Please do. A new poll conducted by the University of Massachusetts shows that 62% of Democrats in New Hampshire would rather for the planet to be struck by a meteorite that ends the human race than vote for Donald Trump. (laughs) Maybe that's helpful to you. Maybe that can help you with that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Joe, while subsonic commercial jets took eight hours to fly from New York to Paris, the average supersonic flight time on the Concorde transatlantic routes was just under three and a half hours. Mm -hmm. Can any of those, what did you say, 62%? 62%. But let's keep something in mind. The poll sample was only 400 voters. Uh, but it does show the degree to which some on the left have been radicalized in recent but years. C- can any of those 62%, one person, explain how Trump has lessened or diminished their life and or lifestyle? What has he done to personally hurt them? Nothing. But they're suffering from Trump derangement syndrome. Uh, even veteran political strategist James Carville has expressed concerns with the mental state of many in the Democratic Party. Uh, I have something on, on Carville. Uh, f- the former advisor to Bill Clinton added that Democrats have to step up their game and moderate their views or else they will lose in 2020. This is Carville. We have candidates on the debate stage talking about open borders and decriminalizing illegal immigration. They're talking about doing away with nuclear energy and fracking. You've got Bernie Sanders talking about letting criminals and terrorists vote from jail cells. It doesn't matter what you think about any of that or if there are good arguments, Carville argued. Talking about that is not how you win a national election. It's not how you become a majoritarian party. But there's something. See, I was was of the inclination late last week uh, to find that almost a ray of hope that Carville 
among other notable lefties, is saying, you're all cracking up. You're going too far. This is nuts. But I I had this put into perspective for me by an emailer, and I need to read you the email because it's... uh, So you're now going to retract that, and you don't think it is a rail? Well, let's hear the email, and then you help me decide where we are, because I think the email... Uh, is an excellent an excellent point. Just bear with me. I have it. You get a lot of emails. So. Uh, Jeez. Uh, come on, yeah, I'll say. Oh shoot! <laughs> I don't know where it is. Uh, you take a break and let me find okay. it. Okay, right. it's important. You cannot stop him. He'll just make a move. Joe Suchere. Did you find it? I did. I did find it. Here it is. It's from uh, Bill Lofsness. He's written before. Listening to the Thursday Feb 6 podcast, about 15 to 16 minutes in, you begin discussing Democratic strategist James Carville, a Clintonite who is scared to death over the future of the Democratic Party, lamenting its radical leftward shift. He goes on to ask whether the party should be an ideological cult or have a majoritarian instinct to be a majority power. He further states that he will vote for Sanders if Bernie is the nominee, but thinks it would be better if they ran campaigns that focus on retaking control of the Senate. The urban core is not going to get it done. What we need is power. Do you understand? That's what this is about. He shows his hand. It's not about what's right. It's about power. Joel, make no mistake, Carville and the leaders of the Democratic Party do not really lament the radical shift to the left. That is what they want in the end. The only thing they lament is that the populace has not yet been completely subjugated to the mystery, despite all the efforts of the media and the failed academy. As so-called progressives, they know that they can only accomplish it a little bit at a time, shall I say, progressively. The main reason they're freaking out now is that in order to secure their power for all time, they need to ensnare the populace to dependence on their beneficence. And they're losing ground because more Americans are waking up to the fact that most of us can do okay without their meddling. The other reason they're freaking out is that without power, given a second term Trump and Attorney General Barr might blow the lid off the decades of congressional corruption on both sides, mind you, pulling the plug that finally begins to drain the swamp. We can only hope Bill lost us. Oh, he is smart. I think he nailed it, huh? <laughs> he yeah. is really smart. I think he nailed it. Bullseye. Was I giving Carville too much credit? Uh, well, uh, no. You know what you were doing, and I didn't. I, I was out of town, so I wasn't part of the show. You were in San Diego enjoying yourself. Right. But what you were alluding to is the fact that he was the only sensible voice in what has been a circus sideshow. Well, right. he's a sensible voice trying to remind them we are supposed to be gaining yeah, power. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And we're losing. But I bit hard. Power. I bit hard on that hook. I did too. I did too. <laughs> you know what I have for you today? Not right now, but I have it coming out. What? I asked you, Rook. Of course, that was fall, fell on deaf ears. What do you got? I asked you to find out <laughs> if you could find us uh, uh, more information on uh, John Bansley. My name is John Bansley. John Bansley. Oh, Get right on who it. Who had the twelve beers? No, I have what it. Got it. I have it. <laughs> Bansley? Because, With a Z or an S. Because other people took care of it. And, and you this didn't. is the Ohio guy. That's it. Yes. <laughs> but I wanted to know, uh, I wanted to know how he's doing now, and I can't. Let me check. I, no. <laughs> I can't find that. Do you know there's an Iowa county actually named Pocahontas County? Did not. Really? And Elizabeth I mean, Warren did the worst there? Oh, oh yeah. really? Yeah. 
Uh, this is from Tim. There really is a county in Iowa named Pocahontas County, but poor Elizabeth Warren did not fare well when all the votes from that Byzantine Iowa caucus system were finally tallied. Pete Buttigieg received 34, 34% of the delegates in Pocahontas County. Amy Klobuchar and Joe Biden each 22%. Sanders took 10%. And Elizabeth Warren, who has been comically referred to as Pocahontas, got 8% Ooh. in Pocahontas County. I think that's interesting. Yes, it is. And the only Oscar commentary today, because I don't want to hear that you sat around and painted your wife's toenails while you watched the Oscars. <laughs> I didn't paint them. I was filing. All right. We're not going to talk about the Oscars, except a Bill Stein notes. I watched some of the Oscars last night just because it's hard to run away from a train wreck. I was reminded of this quote from Albert Einstein. The difference between genius and stupidity is that genius yeah. has its limits. Good luck. <laughs> Genius has. I think friends. I followed that. I did you guys so. see the uh, speaking of Warren? Did you guys see the video of her on Twitter stopping at the local diner? Well, they all do. They got to oh, eat God. pie. Yeah, and there was the... a giant family having dinner, and they are swarmed by you know the paparazzi. And every one of them is looking at her, going, "What is she doing?" Like, they all seem. We're trying to eat. Completely annoyed. Yeah. Exactly. Just <laughs> trying to get something to eat. Are you guys aware of Jordan Peterson? No. No. Oh, Jordan Jordan Peterson. sure you are. He's a wonderful guy. He wrote the Rules of Life. He's a Toronto, uh, University of Toronto psychologist, and he's uh, been a big hit uh, on the uh, television tour scene and book tour scene where he is, uh, he famously uh, confronted a BBC reporter on, he was being accused of, of sexism or something, and he said, why do you have a right to uh, offend me? Yes, I, right, right? I, I recall this. Brilliant story. guy, brilliant guy. But what I'm about to say obviously will appeal only to listeners because you morons don't even know who this guy is. Well, no idea. <laughs> hmm. Sorry. Was he part of the Twins trade I, over the weekend? Joe, I don't know him on, uh, 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 not know him on purpose and to make you mad. I just don't know him. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to get you to well, look at me. He spent the last year in your death. apology. Why? He's, in a, he was just, he's getting released right now from a Russian hospital. He's severely encrypted. He's crippled by his addiction to tranquilizers. Oh, boy. And it's, it, was, it was in the National Post, Canada's, Canada's National Post. Uh, the Drudge Report picked it up yesterday. I was, I was shocked. If there was one guy in the world I would have thought has his act together, it's Jordan Peterson. Hmm. Uh, if you all look him up, you'll recognize him instantly, was... and you'll know why he's become such a national, nationally important figure. He's a, he's a pushback guy. He's not buying the failed academy. He's not buying uh, the mystery. He's uh, just a really, really, really nifty guy in what he says and how he confronts his critics, and he does it with civility and and uh, logic. And he's, he's just, podcast. just been brilliant. Uh, double check the name of his book for me. I think okay. it's the Rules of Life. Twelve what, Rules for Life, and it became a huge his... bestseller. What led to his addiction? Was there an injury or well, something? Well, his wife got terminal cancer. A diagnosis and that sent him downhill and among other things. 12 rules of life. 12 rules of life. Antidote to chaos and also maps of meaning, the architecture of belief. Mm-hmm. Political correctness gone mad. Yeah, he's just a, and I just wanted to mention that. I My best wishes to the guy. He uh, hmm. he can't even walk currently. I remember that interview where he challenged the oh, yeah. uh, <clears throat> uh, Canadian broadcaster, I think it was. Yeah. I spent some time at uh, Schmel's Countryside Friday. We had the off day Friday because they're yeah. installing television cameras here in the studio. And uh, <laughs> damn near pulled the plug on a red 124 Spider Abarth. 
pulled the pulled the trigger pulled the trigger yeah uh, that's on the show floor it's on the show floor <laughs> but we're, we're, we're working some different things out before <laughs> I can do that okay big and, difference uh, between the plug and the trigger right <laughs> thanks buddy but, but uh, it was a great visit it was a great visit and uh, uh, they're getting great response from GLers. Who are coming into the pulling show, the plug the is, showroom? Pulling the plug is what they're going to do to you, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't pull the trigger, right? So I looked at all the Fiats, I looked at the Alfa Romeos, and looked at the Volkswagens. Great inventory. Alfa Romeo is having a sign then drive performance event. There are clearance deals on the 2019 Alfa Romeos. Certified pre-owned VW TDIs are getting a two-year unlimited warranty from VW, and that's bumper to bumper. They're clearing out the 2019 Fiats with discounts up to 5000 off on 124 Spiders. The 2020 Tiguans are on the ground and ready for delivery. This is the third generation uh, family ownership on the southeast quadrant of Highway 36 and 61. You can't miss it. And I've told you before, this snowstorm we had over the weekend, mm-hmm. the uh, Stelvio makes the snow what? Non-factor. Non-factor. Just fantastic. So if you're in that Porsche Macan uh, uh, bag, uh, Jag F-Pace, Audi Q5, Benz, GLC, BMW X3, you really, really owe it to your own fiduciary responsibility to go and price the Alfa Romeo Stelvio, which is going to give you as much technology, as much panache, and as much reliability as any of the other cars in the class you might be looking for. They're fantastic. I'm driving one, and I think I'm going to probably, my lease runs up in a month, and I think what's going to happen is I'm going to slide into a new one. Yeah. Question for you. Have you floated our idea of a GL road trip? I have not yet, but I certainly am willing to. You need to work up the gumption to see what they say about that. I want that red spider. And I want nobody riding with me. No, you, a, you know, part of the deal directions. is rookie rides with you the oh, whole trip. No, yeah. the whole trip. no, you'll yeah, yeah, yeah. drive yeah, me crazy. Drop M and M's in the vent. You know, oh, no, <laughs> Tommy boy. And then uh, the rest of us will be in a nice, comfy uh, SUV. Schmelz Countryside. It's SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzFiat.com, and SchmelzAlfaRomeo.com. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. Allianz Field in St. Paul recently received approval from the city to sell beer and wine and have food trucks in a new entertainment district outside the stadium bordering University Avenue. The entertainment district will cover what's called the Great Lawn area directly in front of Allianz, and it will be open for every Minnesota United FC match and any other event that's held at the field. This is putting some lipstick on a pig. (laughs) Isn't it just pavement? It's University Avenue. Yeah, it's just a parking lot. The Great Lawn? The Great Lawn. You probably have to wear your scarf in there. (laughs) Your your ascot. Well, if this is just like U.S. Bank Stadium, then it's an excuse for them to sell $11 Coors Lights to the public outside. Were the, oh, so this is just for the outside. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep. All right. Wes Burdine is the owner of the Blackheart Bar on University. He says he doesn't think the new entertainment district at the stadium will negatively affect bars and restaurants in the neighborhood. He said, I mean, there are 20,000 people coming down here for soccer matches, so I think there will be plenty of business to go around. Minnesota United starts playing 2020 home games in March. Under the new city ordinance, the wine and beer sales, along with the food trucks, could be used for those games next month. They've been selling beer inside all along. Yeah, right? that craft beer bar in there is really cool. Isn't that open? 
All the time? I don't know if it's every day, but it is open yeah. outside of games. Yeah, it doesn't just coordinate with the games. Is it, Was there any mention in the press release about stabbings and gunfire <laughs> and violence on the train? Nothing, Kenny. All Sorry. right. Just wondering. Deaths related to the highly potent painkiller fentanyl continue to rise in Hennepin County. According to preliminary data from the County Medical Examiner's Office, mirroring a national trend that has public health officials worried at least 135 people died from fentanyl or fentanyl analog overdoses countywide in Hennepin County in 2019. That's a tenfold increase from the number that fatally overdosed in 2015, the last year, which reliable data is available from. Overall, opioid-related deaths ticked up slightly to 170 last year from 163 in 2018. Medical Examiner's Office tracks all cases of what they call likely or suspected accidental, suicidal, homicidal, violent, or mysterious deaths occurring in the county. Many deaths involve multiple drugs, but the office only recently started tracking such deaths, making comparisons with each year is problematic. Fentanyl deaths outnumbered those from heroin 3 to 1, according to the new stats. The next biggest killer, methamphetamine, which Yusuf has seen a resurgence of in recent years. Senator Ron Johnson, a Republican from Wisconsin on Sunday, criticizing the president, recalling Gordon Sondland as ambassador to the European Union, saying in an interview that he would have handled it in a different way. Sondland, a key witness in the House's impeachment inquiry, was fired on Friday, just days after that Senate majority voted to acquit the president. During his public testimony, Sondland had said he thought the president <coughs> held up military aid to Ukraine in expectation for political favors. Johnson told Politico Gordon was re- uh, resigned that he was going to be leaving the post anyway. I think it would have been nice to give him the ability to exit on his own terms. The ambassador's ouster came the same day other impeachment witness, Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, was removed from his post on the NSC. Johnson chairs the Senate Financial Relations Subcommittee. The New York Times reported on Saturday that Johnson, along with other Republican senators, Susan Collins, Tom Tillis, and Martha McSally, had urged the White House not to go after Sondland before Trump ultimately fired him. Vinland probably should have been taken out. <clears throat> yes. Vinland? Yeah, Vindman. yes, no. I mean, doesn't that seem sort of logical, Joe? Well, if he's already <coughs> going against you or not. Well, he, he didn't have any choice. I mean, he was subpoenaed. He had to appear. But even so, it, it seems like it's probably... Well, I think the, there's a distinction that should be drawn between alleging that he's disloyal to the president and then failing to do his job as a result of that. I don't think that connection's been made. I see. What about his brother? Well, it's the mark of tyrants to get rid of your relatives, too. <laughs> well, we lost the guy already, so what the hell? Democratic leaders, <laughs> thank you, Joe, yeah. are edging toward the brink of open war with one another in recent days after a series of setbacks that could jeopardize the party's chances against President Trump. Stop. Yeah. Look, GLers. Uh, Please, thank lay you. Lay it down, yeah. bro. Bro, lay it down for us. Bro. There ain't a Democratic candidate I'm going to vote for, okay? <laughs> Let's just put that on the table. Listen, right there, out there. Yeah. But you can't speak ill of President Trump. I can, and okay. I will if I feel like it. Good. Thank Bloomberg? you. Thank you. Just oh, God, no. So you're going to write present. Kilgore Trout. Mm-hmm. Kilgore Trout for yeah. president. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't Bloomberg versus Trump be a more spirited and interesting race, and you would think either one would have a chance? Well, it would be a battle of billionaires. It would be kind of fun. 
I don't know what the hell's going on. Don't because ask me. If you, I'm if, just a mayor of a small, made-up town in Gumption County. That nobody ever runs against. That's right. right. <laughs> if you ask me, even with all the bad things people say about Trump, none of these candidates have a shot. I, I don't think any of them are going to give Trump a run for his money. Thus, Carville's admonition, we better get our act together if we want to retain power. The infighting in the Democratic Party focusing largely on the failed caucus process in Iowa with state and national Democratic leaders at odds over who gets blamed for that, as well as the dispute over the rules governing who gets into future nationally televised candidate debates, a process that might allow Mike Bloomberg to make the stage later this month. Uh, Supporters of Senator Bernie Sanders have returned to bashing the Democratic National Committee, reviving grievances from the divisive 2016 primary race. I love Bloomberg. He's got about 10 houses, a fleet of private jets, helicopters, limousines. Yep. And he's going to tell you to take the bus to work. Yeah. <laughs> because he took the, the subway. you got to save yeah. the earth. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I think it's pretty important that you actually commit to the president um, for, just for the simple reason of the judges. Uh, and I think... Uh, I'm thrilled with the judges. I think a write-in, thrilled vote, with them. a write-in vote for some fictitious character in some obscure book, it's just... Not obscure, it's Kurt Vonnegut. It's, it's Kilgore Trout. hurting hurting, yeah, like I said, obscure character in an unknown book. Uh, Let's by, face it, everybody but, got the reference except the two that can't read here. By a guy that's a, a known creep and uh, sourpuss. Uh, and I could go on about Vonnegut if you want. But I love I, Vonnegut. I think, I, I think people like us should probably commit to him. Well, you go ahead. You do whatever you, you want. Yeah, you have fun. I okay? ain't your father. <laughs> Kaelson at garagelogic.com. <laughs> what did I say that was bad? Oh, I'm just th- putting I'm them just, all out there. I I just, I'm sick of what bothered me. I know damn well what you're doing. It's too late. You just told me it's too late. <laughs> I'm fishing, Such. Yeah, I'm fishing. Yeah. I'm throwing that hardware, trying to hit under the lily pad, reeling her in quick. <laughs> <laughs> a Florida man arrested Saturday after allegedly driving his van through a tent where local Republicans were registering voters. The driver, 37-year-old Gregory Tim, faces two counts of aggravated assault on a person 65 or older, one count of criminal mischief and driving on a suspended license. How does he not face attempted murder? The Republican Party of Duval County said it had set up the voter drive on Saturday at a shopping center in Sandalwood. At 2.45, a van accelerated into a crowd of volunteers intentionally targeting them. Nobody injured. The driver sped away after making obscene gestures. Pictures posted by the group showed the tent on its side and signs for President Trump and Vice President Pence scattered across the parking lot. Republican officials called the incident a politically motivated attack, while the president tweeted about it Saturday saying law enforcement has been notified and then adding, be careful, tough guys, who you play with. A court appearance Sunday, a judge said bond okay. for Tim at half a million How could somebody not have been hurt? That's what I was just wondering. Reavers is right. If this would have happened at any one of the Democrats' little get-togethers. This guy would already be hanging from a lamppost. But it wouldn't happen, I don't think. I don't think a Republican is going to go crash into a Democratic sign-up tent. We're too busy. Yeah. <laughs> We're working. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're just going for that love mail today, aren't you, Kenny? <laughs> what did I say there that's going to make people well, mad? You, no, love mail. Oh, I, I meant oh. He's not stuff. used to that. Yeah. <laughs> You're sick of all the guys yeah. sending email that uh, tells you how bad See you how are. defensive he is? Four Chinese military hackers have been charged this morning with breaking into the computer networks of Equifax, the crediting, uh, credit reporting agency. Oh, good. Stealing the personal info of tens of millions of Americans, wow. according oh, to the Justice word. Department. The four are also accused of stealing the company's trade secrets, uh, secrets, 
Law enforcement officials said the defendants, all members of the People's Liberation Army, an arm of the Chinese military. The case comes as the Trump administration is warned against what it sees as the growing political and economic influence of China and efforts by Beijing to collect data on Americans and steal scientific research and innovation. Meanwhile, uh, speaking of China, the death toll from the coronavirus uh, is uh, surging around the globe, closed in on 1,000 Monday amid warnings that 40,000 known cases may be, and I quote, the tip of the iceberg. Dun, dun, dun. Chinese health officials said 97 more deaths were reported Sunday. Total cases rose to 40,573. Uh, according to a person with the UN, they've been there've been some concern. There's been some concerning instances of spread from people with no travel history. How many dead China. so far, John? One over a thousand now. How many people have died of what's being called climate change? Yeah, I'd be a lot more worried about this. Right. Yeah. Uh, this morning, Monday, I wouldn't be getting on a uh, a cruise a ship uh, no, anytime no. soon. No. What's your number, Such? What's your number? To what? To get on that cruise ship. No, oh, you my can't, God. You can't come up with a number. <laughs> it's For not, a million dollars. Not one big enough? Really? Brand new, fully restored MG and a Triumph. Nope. Nope. We have Ain't a no cruise ship in my future. We've had some celebrity deaths the last few days. Uh, Robert Conrad, the actor, dies at the age of 84, cause of death heart failure. Uh, he started back in the late 50s playing parts on television and eventually... Uh, was on Hawaiian Eye, a crime series that ran for four seasons on ABC. Uh, his big uh, break came in 1965, The Wild Wild West, a CBS series that uh, put the James Bond movies of the day into an Old West setting. Wasn't he a Secret Service guy? A Secret Service yeah. guy, yeah. Played yeah. Jim West, yep. dispatched on various secret missions on behalf of President Ulysses S. Grant. That was a fun show. To that watch. was a blast. Yeah. I love that show. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Conrad was also in two later television efforts. One was Black Sheep Squadron. Pappy Boyington That's played correct. a real-life character from mm-hmm. World War II. Mm-hmm. Flying, uh, what was the jet, they, uh, not jet, what was the fighter uh, plane they were flying? I don't know. The Corsair. How oh, do you not Corsair? know there? I, know. I Jeez, didn't watch what's the wrong show. With you? I didn't watch the show. I didn't either. I'm sorry, Kenny. The oh, other. The other anti-American? Yep. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> oh, my God. The okay. other one, this is a side to Kenny I've, I've never seen before. The other was Centennial, a 1978 miniseries based on oh, James Minchner's historical right. novel. He says he's most proud of that, or he said he was most proud of that as an actor. He was uh, a tough guy, wasn't he? He was always getting yeah. in fights and yeah. getting sued by people at a bar. A lot of fights. Uh, yeah. He's the guy that did the battery ad. Or, yeah. uh, that off my shoulder. Yeah. Former Care 11 uh, anchor Paul Majors tweeted out the other day, I'm wearing an ever-ready battery on my shoulder <laughs> for the remainder of this day in tribute to Robert Conrad. That's funny. Uh, Orson Bean has died at the age of 91. He got run over, unfortunately, yeah. in the Venice section of uh, Los Angeles. He was 91 years old, death confirmed by family representative. Uh, Bean was struck by two cars while crossing the street near the Pacific Resident Theater, oh. where his wife, actress Allie Mills, was working in an oncoming, uh, upcoming production. Uh, he was an unabashed eccentric, worked as a magician, a stand-up comedian, Tony-nominated actor, was in dozens of films, TVs, stage roles over a seven-decade career, did lots of game shows in the 60s, and made many appearances on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. And author Roger Kahn has died. His 1972 book about the Brooklyn Dodgers of the early 1950s, The Boys of Summer, melded reportage, sentiment, and sociology in a way that stamped baseball as a subject fit for serious writers and serious readers. Uh, Roger Kahn was 92. That book meant a lot to me. It's a great book. It meant a lot to me. Yes. Forest City Police. 
was that an influence on you when you wrote? And I'm being serious. I'm not fishing. I'm not trying to insult you. Be on guard. Was it a, an influence to you when you wrote Waterline? No. No. Because Waterline was, if you ask me, essentially about your relationship with your dad. Yeah, but Boys of Summer That's, was not that. Yeah. Boys was, of Summer was his... Uh, getting hauled around with the Dodgers as a young guy and having his eyes open to what a great game it was. But he had often said that that was one of the only things that he had in common with his dad. Yeah, his dad was a great fan. But was but, a, but to answer your question and to move on, no, it had no bearing on. I'm water. sorry, I am. No, it's fine. Of, that you the asked. boys of summer basically covered the team and then the team after they played. The yeah. Certain members: Gil Hodges, Jackie Robinson, etc., okay. etc. Got so. you. Uh, from the Star Tribune, a man who was making his way back to his Minneapolis hotel around 3 in the morning Saturday tried to cross the Mississippi River near the Stone Arch Bridge and fell partly through the ice. Man losing sight with his relationship oh to nature. Yeah. Oh, don't go on river ice. Oh. Yeah, wait, well, the Google told well, him to. Yeah, he's, see, here's, okay. here's the problem. He told fire crews that his Google Maps directed him to cross the river. <laughs> right. Oh, my right. God. According to Minneapolis Fire Department Sorry. spokesperson Brian uh, Tyner, who speculated the man misinterpreted the way he should have crossed oh. and probably should have used the bridge oh, I to see. cross the river. Oh. Tyner said, I think that's probably what Google Maps meant. The man who was visiting from out of well, state. Well, that explains it. He was visiting from out of state. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so mild... Maybe out of planet, not out of state. <laughs> he had hypothermia. Yeah, mild case of hypothermia. Oh. Well, you're a moron. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's lucky well, he's alive. Well, nothing good happens at 3 a.m., though. Well, yeah. So who knows what state he might have been in. Right. Right. I'm just going to cross here. Well, Steve Mulholland thought at first it might have been Reavers, but the uh, it indicates the man was from out of state. <laughs> nope, we want that one. Stay, stay safe out there, boys. Yep. Whoa! Oh, hey now. The company that owns Schick. Reavers, hold on a second, Sean. Reavers couldn't have been on the ice because he was playing your favorite golf course. (laughs) (laughs) How about that one? Absolute outrage. Well, you know, in in fairness, I did construct that entire bit that a lot of people saw on Twitter just to agitate Joe. (laughs) It worked. It worked. I knew it did. Well, the funny part is it didn't work at first because you didn't get what he was doing. What what is it? I had to text him (laughs) because I didn't get anything in response from Joe. I said, check Twitter, dummy. (laughs) It's a nice little course, though, Joe. You should check it out, Tory Pines. I'd like to. I have a great friend, a very close friend who lives out there, and I I called him this winter and said, man, I really really love that Tory Pines. And he said, yeah, it's pretty nice. <laughs> Check it out. <laughs> did you replace your divots, Chris, or uh, did you leave them there for well, Joe to... what's funny hey. is I had to do the waiting list slash twilight, because it was packed all week. I and, should, you know, yeah, it's only I'm light sure. out until 520, whatever it was. So you have to sit in the clubhouse forever for them to call your name. Yeah. Well, by the time they called my name, there was 30 minutes of sunlight left. Well, you got out there anyway. Yeah, I got a couple hacks. Did in. you have to pay the whole fee? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't, oh, What's yeah. the twilight fee? Uh, it was 120 roughly. Well, that's terrible less... that you only got a couple holes in. It was well worth it just to Just, just to, to irritate me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, Kenny, I was sitting next to a guy. <laughs> the links will go to drive Joe oh, crazy. I don't see. <laughs> Did I you was... buy a Tory Pines hat? I've got actually a shirt. For me? No, for me? no, I didn't get one for you. I didn't know your size. No. But I was, I was on the driving range next to a guy. 
And he kind of gives me the up down. He goes, you golf here much? I go, nope, not at all. Because he's out there with a plastic Ziploc right. bag full of golf balls. I said, I, I'm more of a, a Rice County 9 kind of a guy. Rice County 9. Oh, forget the golf. How was the food? Oh, the burger <laughs> I had was incredible. Good. Incredible. The picture was just the finest. Oh, yeah. Damn. Oh. Damn. We what, do what was, this because we was, love you, Joe. What was your That's like, well, Reavers at Torrey Pines is like sending you to the Indy 500. You wouldn't know yeah, what the hell you yeah. were looking at. <laughs> I'd go to the infield to find out how the concessions work. Yeah. The problem is we're, we're Joe's only true friends, yeah. and this is the way we That's treat sad. him. Right. pathetic. I have no oh, friends. I feel bad for you. Joe says, all I got is these guys. <laughs> John Bansley. My name's John Bansley. John Bansley. A critic of uh, our good friend Vladimir Putin has been found with his throat slit in what police are calling a politically motivated assassination in a French hotel. Not Bill Browder. No, oh, thank God no. help us. 44-year-old Imran Ali was found lying on the ground with multiple wounds in his chest and his throat slit with a bloody knife next to it. Ali has been a strong critic of Putin and Chechen leader Ramzan Kadyrov on his popular blog and YouTube accounts for years, working under the pseudonyms of Mansour Stari and Old Mansour. This is the latest death to spark concerns of a Russian political hit squad running amok in Europe to hunt down any anti-Putin voices in hiding. A senior French police official said Aliyev left Belgium Wednesday, where he was under police protection because of threats out of Russia and Chechnya over his opposition blogging. Have you guys ever run amok? I don't think I've ever run amok. amok. I don't think amok. so, but uh, that just reminds me, if you're ever offered police uh, protection from Belgium, just turn it down and say, I'm willing to take my chances. You didn't, you didn't really help with that guy. Well, he left. No, he, he had the police fault. protection. He left. He left. Oh, I see. He just he left, left on, on his own. Wednesday. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, okay. Some yeah, no police protection. Bucket there. Yeah. Colorado State University Pueblo is set to offer a degree in cannabis, winning state approval for the program on Friday. According to the Denver Post, the Cannabis, Biology, and Chemistry course will be available for undergrads wishing to study the science needed to succeed in the cannabis industry starting this fall. The program has been described as similar to a double major in biology and chemistry and features a lab license to grow industrial hemp so students may work with cannabidiol derived from the can- uh, plants. The decision to launch the program comes at a time when the industry is booming and legalization is increasing access to the drug across the country. David Lempool, College of Science and Mathematics dean, said it's a rigorous degree geared toward the increasing demand coming about because of the cannabis industry. Hemp and marijuana really come to the forefront in a lot of economic sectors in the country. We're not pro-cannabis or anti-cannabis. What we're about will be the science and trading students who want to look into the science. First Avenue will be holding its 50th birthday party April 3rd. Uh, we've talked about this before. Joe Cocker, right, was the first uh, yes. first uh, yep. act. Obviously, Joe's dead, so they can't bring Joe back. Uh, but the Hold Steady will return to the main room. Oh, cool. With, for the f- with uh, Frank. Uh, no, it's uh, Craig Finn. Craig, Craig Finn. Finn, yeah. yeah. Uh, sandwich between a long weekend's worth of big shows that will also feature Nico Case, Golden Smog, Tina and the B-Sides, Harmar Superstars, Heartbones. Tina's reforming? Apparently. Wow. What weekend, Johnny? April. April 3rd. April 3rd. Now I can't remember Craig's Craig's band when he was in town here. I saw Craig him. Finn and Company? No, he had a, no, it was before, he lived in town here. Yeah. For a long time. No, I'll Craig and the Craigers. Well, his, his band here was the Hold Steady. No. no, no, he moved to New York and formed the Hold Steady. 
Well, anyway, he'll Craig play. Craig Huck and Finn was yes. Yeah. Yes. Shut He'll up. play with his other band also, a pair of. Uh, <laughs> a lifter puller. That's yeah. what it was. Lifter puller. Lifter puller, yeah. The April 2nd to 5th concerts revealed Monday morning along with the new 50th anniversary logo. More special events are planned throughout the year at Minneapolis. Here comes a zinger. You oh, lifter, I'll puller. <laughs> If you want to have some fun GLers, go into an independent record store like the Fetus and say, I want to buy everything that Craig Finn has ever done, and then watch the eyes roll. It's fantastic fun. It's great. It's our, it's, it's Kenny's form of fishing. Did yeah. you say that Joe Cocker was the first? Yeah. Uh, was I, was that, I, I attended that. Oh, cool. I was there. Uncle Sam. Mad Dogs and Englishmen. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Leon Russell. Yep. Was Me. the band playing, or you were there? To I was fun. just there by myself. Oh. There was nobody there. <laughs> I just wanted to see the building. Oh, you were there, but not for the concert. No, I was there for Joe Cocker. That's cool. First day of such a great uh, venue. In Canada, recently. Thanks, Chris. (laughs) Never been. (laughs) Never been inside. Sure, last story. You've never never been to First Avenue. I've never avoided it, just haven't been in. You know, that doesn't surprise me. And I could have to me. I could have guessed. Well, there's no free press tickets. No, we've walked by it and hand in hand. We'll go out maybe do a nice movie and, uh, you know, we'll. Just kind of hang out. It's too loud. It's too loud. <laughs> Definitely too loud. Definitely too loud. Thanks, Grandpa. Yep. In Canada, recent violent fights between school students in Grand Prairie appear to be organized by parents. That, according to the Royal Counted, uh, Royal Counted, what are the Royal Royal, Royal Canadian Royal Canadian Mounted, Mounted, Mounted Police the Mounties. R- RCMP yep. and the local school board are warning parents. The two organized fights in parking lots sparked a, sparked a letter to parents on Friday from Grand Prairie and District Catholic School Superintendent Carl Germain after a request from local police. Uh, both of the fights occurred at night with cars forming a circle around the area uh, so that many people could surround it and watch. Two adults organized the teen fights. Fight prearranged, location and time selected, and certain students are invited to fight. The school board is asking parents and students to notify police immediately if they witness the activity or hear about a scheduled fight in advance. Police who observe or are involved in a fight could be charged by police and suspended or expelled from school, according to the letter. When we come back, I'm going to uh, have an update on our friend John Bansley. Make us all sad. The Earth is not your mother. Now the Joe Suchere Show. Is that the... Uh... Yeah, that's our friend Dawson Hollow. Who Dawson had Hollow, yeah, fair. fair. Mm-hmm. Boy, I hope they're coming back to the fair. Yeah, they were great. Yeah. Johnny and I hate I hate uh, giving you credit, but you nailed it before they came on. Do you remember? I don't. You I do. <laughs> you looked at their equipment, you looked at their group, and you said, these guys are going to be phenomenal. Yeah. That's because I'm smart. We have all. I hope you guys have a chance to have him on this year. We all have uh, developed an affinity for a guy named John Bansley. Yes. Who was captured on a 911 call. This occurred in 2013, by the way. Wow. July of 2013. And Doug uh, Heilman uh, emailed me and said, here's some additional information. And that caused me, he's in Sioux Falls. And that caused me to seek out some additional information. But here's what we've we've developed a a kinship with this fellow. And uh, here's his call from 2013. She took my beer. Avon and... Police Department. Hello. Hi. You have an no. emergency? They, they, they told you to give it back to me. No, I told them I wanted to give it to you. 
It's a fight over a beer. My name's John Bansley. They just picked me up for public intact. Uh-huh. And they dropped me off at my ex-wife's house. Okay. Mm-hmm. They gave her the beer and said, don't let them leave. And now she's got the beer, and she says, I'm going to keep it. And all I got is that beer. That's the only thing I got to my name. You know what? It'll all work out. I'll be out of the city. I'll be out of the state in two shakes of a lamb style. Okay. I'm sorry for bothering you. That's okay. I'll have an officer come talk to you. We'll resolve it, okay, hon? Nah, you don't need to have an officer come over. Okay, well, I've got one in the area, so if you want to talk to him, he's right out there by your house. Where did she go? I don't hear her anymore. Nah, she went into her room. She's probably talking to her new boyfriend. Well, you got a personal phone number? You sound kind of pretty. I don't. Sorry. <laughs> airborne, my lady, airborne. All right, take care, John. Police in Avon Lake, Ohio, found John Bansley outside a food mart with an open 16-ounce can of Milwaukee's best premium beer and a cardboard sign reading, bus ticket or beer. They cited him with having an open container and dropped him off at his ex-wife's house, giving her custody of the remaining five cans of Milwaukee's best. Shortly thereafter, John called 911 to report that his ex-wife wouldn't give him back the beer. The female dispatcher told him to hang up uh, or to hang tight, and a cop would help resolve everything before adding, if you need anything else, call me back, okay? And that's the moment Bansley picked to try and make a uh, connection. You've got a personal phone number, he said. You sound kind of pretty. She laughed it off, and minutes later, the responding officer arrived. According to the police report, he determined no emergency existed other than John wanting those five Milwaukee best beers back and arrested him. For misuse of 911, he got Aww. five days in jail. So I f- went and found some other pieces. To me, he looks exactly like I thought he might. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's, yeah, that's what I picture. Good-looking guy, close-cropped hair. But Probably was an airborne guy. No, I'm this? not done. Okay. An Avon Lake man is jailed after drunkenly called 911 to report an argument with his ex-wife. Uh, over five Milwaukee's best beers. Our partners at Newsnet5.com are reported he was charged with misuse of the 911 system. Uh, John Bansley, 46, was first cited with public intoxication at 10 a.m. on July 29th outside of Convenient Food Market on Lear Road. He was dropped off at his ex-wife's home after being cited for an open container after police found him with that open 16-ounce can of Milwaukee's best premium beer in a cardboard sign reading, bus ticket or beer. He told police he was going to Chicago. After being dropped off at his ex-wife's house with the remaining five Milwaukee best beers, his wife, per police order, refused to hand over the remaining beer. Bansley called 911 saying, she took my beer and it's a fight over beer. Uh, let's see, is there anything more from that one that we can learn? No. And then I thought I found one more. Yep. Uh, John Bansley bought a six-pack of Milwaukee's Best at an Avon Lake convenience store Monday morning and cracked one open outside the shop. He hadn't finished the first beer by the time cops showed up, finding the 46-year-old man holding a beer or bus ticket sign. Already drunk from earlier in the morning, Bansley told police he was walking to Chicago after a fight with his ex-wife. Avon Lake Avon Lake Police cited him and took him to his ex-wife's house and gave her his remaining beer. Bansley apparently called 911 to complain that the ex wouldn't give him his beer, a perfect time for him to find his next romantic partner. Uh, you sound kind of pretty, he told the dispatcher. 
Uh, all of that happened before noon on July 29th. Okay. What I want to know is, and I haven't been able to find out, I, I, hope, he's, I hope he's okay today. I wonder what yeah. he's up to today. Turned his life around a little Seven bit. years ago. Yep. And we've all developed an affinity for this guy. And I've asked you, and you haven't done it. No, I thought it was Banfield. That's where I was thrown off. Is there a way to track him down through yes. Airborne? Somebody opened up a Twitter account in his name, but it's obviously not him, and yeah. hasn't tweeted since 2013. There, there is a John Bansley who used to live in Avon Lake or whatever it was. Yeah. Now lives in Gary, Indi- Gary Indiana. Fifty-three years old, so that would mount. Yeah, that's, 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 that's him. Yeah. That's him. So, but I can't find any info on him except that he lives in Gary, Indiana. How are you determining that? Uh, I, I just did a search on John Bansley. Well, I did too, and I didn't come it, up with. Well, that. I went to Avon Lake. I couldn't find that. Uh, then I found an obituary for a fellow. Me too, but he was seventy-six. Not in John Chicago. Bansley, a different guy. Oh. and John Bansley was listed underneath as one of the uh, survivors. Oh, really? And and uh, his wife Kimberly. It said so. I don't know if that's Kimberly in the in the call we're talking about or somebody else. Uh, this would match up time wise, time frame wise. I don't know if it's him, but uh, if it is, he lives in Gary, Indiana. That's all I can find. You so check far. Facebook, uh, man. I'm on Facebook right now. Rook, find him. He's in Gary, Indiana. <clears throat> and I hope he's got his act together because he sounded like a cool guy. Because he didn't freak out. No, he was very polite. Yeah, he said, the, "Oh man, I'm sorry. I'm it's sorry no for This will all you. work out. Don't yeah. worry about it." And by the way, you, you, got a, you got a number? You got a personal number? <laughs> you got a personal number? <laughs> I can't believe they arrested him, though. Brought him Five in. days in jail. Yeah. That's a long that's, time. For misuse of 911. That's, uh, that's, yeah. I'm going to save this stuff. I'm going to have create a John Bansley file because I want to make it our mission to find him. Where are you, John Bansley? <laughs> Rookie, you, sound, you look promising. Well, there's a, there's a bunch of John Bansleys, but uh, you can't... The white pages it. now is it's impossible yeah. to find someone, but we'll keep we'll keep looking. This guy, John Bansley, fifty two, Gary, Indiana. I found another Jay Bansley on Twitter, but the guy's obviously too young. He looks like name he's John his Bansley. Definitely John Bansley. <laughs> Do we have a middle name on uh, on him? No, no. But I wonder if there's anybody else in the news gathering business that could help us look him up. Who, who wonders about? how he's doing now. Wouldn't it be fun to have him on? He's a successful think, insurance agent or something. Do you think, though, that he was as big of a national story? Because I don't think he was. I think uh, he, he just caught... If oh, you the, Google him, you find out. Yeah, really? that 911 story yeah. made a yeah. lot around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Everywhere. Because I know we loved it. I guess I just hadn't seen it circulated as much as you guys had, apparently. Well, we know a little bit more. It all happened in the morning, and he was trying to get a bus ticket to Chicago. And if he didn't get the bus ticket, he was going to walk to Chicago. And You know what they say. Hmm. Can't drink all day. Not if you don't start in the morning. (laughs) I have. Okay, I found on the Cleve scene. must be a Cleveland website. Right. They've got two minutes of audio. Mine is only one twelve. You know why we edited it down? Because oh. the beginning was. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. that's why. Right. A lot of yelling and or swearing. It was. Or, no, it was just inaudible. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Forget it then. Yeah. All right. What are you gonna do? Steve Mulholland, who lives in the belly of the beast in the Fifth uh, Congressional District, uh, writes: It seems the uh, salon might allow two bankrupt Minneapolis Burger King locations to reopen with drive-through lanes. This would reverse a previous decision to not allow, to not allow Burger King their previously existing drive-throughs under the new city ban. You might come to the conclusion that common sense prevailed here, but it seems to be a case of the salon dwellers knowing they would lose a potential lawsuit. 
I don't have a horse in this race, but the jewel of this story is thoughts from City Council member Jeremiah Ellison, who didn't approve of the quality of graffiti covering the boarded-up restaurants. It's a quote from the article. Ellison, a former graffiti artist, asked them to work on improving the outside appearance while remodeling work is happening. He called the existing graffiti terrible and offered to put them in touch with artists who could help. <laughs> Rome is burning, and these fools are concerned not only with free light rail and banning oh, plastic bags, but the artistic value of graffiti. It's becoming a really world-class city. Good luck and keep pushing back, Steve Mulholland. Isn't that something? I didn't bother reading that one. I saw it in the paper. Did anyone read, as a chief offsite correspondent, Kelsey obviously did, uh, there was a great Sunday piece in the Pioneer Press about the uh, rising Great Lakes water levels causing beach okay. erosion. Oh, Anybody I did not. read that? I did not. Did and not. I, I, call, I uh, texted a kid I used to have and said, can you notice any beach erosion in your neck of the woods on Lake Michigan, he said, yes, one public beach that we use is completely gone. It's gone. That's how high the water is. Okay. But this story uh, you know, had all the usual bromides about climate change. Even though the lakes were drying up 10 years ago, they're mm-hmm. now full again. And, uh, yes, the erosion is a serious problem. Uh, but uh, Chief Offsite Correspondent Kelsey uh, perfectly captured what I was thinking when I read the piece. They quoted a woman in Manistee, Michigan— whose house is in danger of, of falling off the cliff. Because she's so close. And uh, Kelsey notes, her family builds a home on a sandy bluff on a west-facing shoreline of a massive body of water with prevailing westerly winds. Seventy years later, it tumbles over the edge, and it's climate change. Think of how many storms have pounded that shoreline over the centuries. More than likely, the edge of that bluff was thousands of feet further out into the lake long before her father came along and built it where he did. But since it happened during her short short lifespan, it has to be climate change. And I agree with Kelsey. It isn't necessarily climate change. Who knows what what kind of abuse that coast has taken from nature over the last thousand two thousand three thousand years and yet here she is with her house ding ding house that's that's too close to the edge didn't wasn't this covered in the uh, bible parable yeah. uh, about uh, the three little pigs yeah no yeah. the yeah. man in the built the rock what? did you say the bible the guy that built the house on the cliff and the guy that built the house on the sand oh. and that hook is on. in my I cheek got, right got two of pretty them hard. hard yeah we Fighting got me. yes john I believe I've found a Facebook page for our fella. <laughs> oh, boy. Is, this is him, right? I mean, it looks like him. That's him. Yeah, yeah. That's definitely yeah. him. It's uh, John Bansley, and John lives in Hammond, Indiana. Yeah. He uh, is a welder fabricator with local one Boilermakers. Oh, good. good. That's a good job. He went, Wait, Hammond, Indiana? Yep. He went, to, he went to DeSalle, uh, De, De La Salle Institute. Yep. Uh, lives in Hammond, as I said, originally from Chicago, Illinois. Yep. Chicago. He is right now single, but there is a post that says August uh, 10th or 1st, uh, in a relationship, August 10th, 2019, but no uh, indication uh, who that would be with. Uh, Ammon, Indiana is a suburb of Chicago. Uh, oh, right. okay. Yep. How's so, he looks so he works as a welder fabricator yeah, I, I think so. in think Chicago, so. it sounds like, huh? So well, he's got to be turning a, a good wage there. Well, can't we find him if we know? I'll send him a message. Sure. John Bansley, tell him we want to tell him who we are. We've developed a, an affinity for his call from seven years ago. You think he? And we'd love to talk to him. Affinity might be a big word. Well, we we uh, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I think Joe's in love with the guy. What's What's the honest. word I want? I'm going to add him as a friend right now. We developed a kinship with him, playing yes. his uh, that 911 call, and we're wondering if you'd like to come on and tell us how your life's been since. Perfect. The, the only other things that I can indicate from his page is he has John Bansley, and then in parentheses, the troll. I don't know what and that means. I don't either. And then uh, his picture that you put on, on the top just says, Jesus saves. So, Well, maybe he found the Lord. Yeah. When's, right. when's his last post? Uh, August 11th, 2019. He does not post much. There's only four or five posts total. But you might also not be able to see everything because you're not a That's friend true. of his. That's true. Well, I requested a friend. There you go. Well, you got to find him, Rook. you got to find him. See if you'll accept any, our... Rook, if I were you, I'd just put John Hyde on the case. See if you'll accept our... Uh, yeah, it's kind of, uh, you know, He's, surpassing me, isn't he? Just... He's uh, He started this job, it says January 11, 2001, so apparently he always had a good job, it sounds like, and oh. just maybe, you know, one day was out drinking. You know, what well, you in do? 2013, he said all he had was the Milwaukee's best. That's true. Yeah. yeah. All so, I got. Have you ever sampled some of that? I have not. Family I, members, too I, many to count, he I, says. Uh, I, I dispute their name. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think Milwaukee may have done better. <laughs> let's, uh, let's visit the failed academy of, at, at, of all places, the University of Montana, which has very few black students. Uh, but they had a uh, an MLK essay contest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... Only white students were the winners, but no black students entered the contest. And yet the school is being ripped on social media (laughs) because white kids won the MLK essay contest, but no black kids entered the contest. Of the few black kids who might attend Montana, uh, no one participated in the contest. And yet the white kids are being vilified because they won the contest. Hmm. Adding to the fire was the fact that the MLK Junior Day Committee Chairman, who is also the director of the African American Studies Program, is white. Well, maybe no black guy or woman applied. Right. Uh, Heather McDonald uh, of the Wall Street Journal noted in an opinion piece that as much as the university may be lacking diversity, it actually contains a higher percentage of black students in its population than the state has in its population. The university's undergraduate population is 79% white and 1% black, while the state is 89% white and 0.6% black. The essay submission rate for white undergraduates was 0.1%, McDonald wrote. If the school's population of black students had submitted at the same rate, 0.8% of the essay contest submissions would have been from black writers. That's essentially zero, which is, in fact, how many such submissions were refused. I'm sorry, were received. In other words, the black kids didn't bother to write an essay uh, touting MLK Jr., but a couple of white kids did, so they won the essay contest. Boom. Isn't that the way it's supposed and to the work? the failed academy is being vilified for that. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? We're going to take a break and come back. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. Did you grill over the weekend? Did you let that grilling smoke take you away to Pebble Beach? Actually, I Ooh. did grill. Yeah. Was Not it Grunhofer's old-fashioned meat if market? They, if they had delivered to San Diego, I would have grilled Grunhofer's there. That's got to be next for Spencer's worldwide distribution. Absolutely. What about garlic toast? He should add garlic mm. toast. I wonder if that's up there, because that's what I grilled this weekend. Garlic toast? Yeah, Ooh. but tell me, pair it up with some meat. Give me some meat talk here. Well, how about 14 different kinds of summer sausage? Yeah. How about uh, a new beer cheese brat? 
pork beer cheese, cheese curds, bacon and green onion, cheddar cheese. How about ribeye mm-hmm. burgers, rookie burgers, steaks, chops, chicken, smoked salmon, bacon, double smoked ham. Well, I'm talking about Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat Market at the north end of Hugo on Highway 61. You can't miss it. It's become the GLers Meat Palace. It's the capital of meat. It's just the best meat in the world. It's the city desk for meat. Yep. The capital of meat. It's the capital of meat. It's a meat palace. It's a meat bazaar. 130 different flavors of lean pork brats. When which you must Google be meat, you see Grunhoffers. Google you got. meat, you get yeah, Grunhoffers. Right Everybody's got the white coat on because yep. they're meat cutters. Right. And they'll help you with any Doctors questions meat. you have. They're at, you know what they are? PhDs yes, and brought they got their lab coat on. <laughs> They're fantastic. Everyone loves it. They keep going back. It's been an absolute success. Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats at the north end of Hugo. Lots of grilling coming up. I always associate it with golf. Lots of good golf. L.A. Open this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. Tigers in the What field. are you grilling, you know? Yeah, you got to grill. You got to get the Grunhofer's and load up. Say, uh... What was that golf uh, thing I was watching yesterday on the TV? In the Pebble garage? Beach, AT&T that, Pro-Am. Uh, that course was mean and nasty. Well, the wind and kicked the up. wind, yeah. oh my goodness. Yeah, it's the most lovely piece of real estate in America. I've never been out there. Fantastic. Well, you can see it on TV. Too. I bet, oh, Reavers, true. have you played that in that one? That'll be on my next one. Yeah. <laughs> what's what's the charge one? there? <laughs> I have played that one. At the time, I bet it was about 300 bucks. Now it's yeah. probably more. Yeah, what's what's the full what's the full rate for Tory Pines? I believe it was two seventy five. Yeah, you know, I don't bad. really need to play today. That's not bad. Two seventy five for uh, residents. I'll Alexandria be, uh, Occasional Cortex does not know what a metaphor is. No. She said it's impossible to lift yourself up by oh, the bootstraps. I had this yeah. audio. You can't last do week. it. It's physically impossible. The whole thing is a joke. She said, "Really, uh, AOC? That's called a metaphor." It, you know, that's like saying, you know, cows can't really jump over the moon. <laughs> oh, they right. can't. No, they can't. Did you uh, see that's Alyssa, a metaphor? Alyssa Algren's response no, to this? She said, good? you literally have lifted yourself up by the bootstraps. Yeah. You were a waitress, and now you're making six figures. A bartender in outer borough of New York who's now a congresswoman. Right. Who doesn't... Hutchinson, I also want to thank you about bringing Sorry, up Kim. the poverty draft and this idea of a bootstrap. You know, this idea and this metaphor of a bootstrap started off as a joke because it's a physical impossibility to lift yourself up by a bootstrap, by your shoelaces. It's physically impossible. The whole thing is a joke. Well, my my take on that is that she doesn't think that it's impossible to go from poverty to comfort, to middle class. She thinks it is impossible. And she just did it. But she she's done it herself. She just did yeah, it. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and another note about our friend Greta Thunberg. She's getting her own BBC television series. <laughs> well, I only bring that up. What? I only bring that up because and I'm being I'm not being facetious. Isn't that gonna require a lot of power? Electric power. Sure, and, sure. And you got a giant staff now with all their equipment that has to follow you around. They have to plug it in. Yep. That means there's a power plant somewhere running. Doesn't that also strike you, though? Is that I know we've been awfully kind to her because she's still a 16-year-old girl. I think she's 17 now. Whatever she is. But isn't this the end game that we all saw at the very I, I, beginning? I guess, right. but, yeah. but it's, it's hypocritical of her because she's uh, going to be using uh, fossil fuels whether she wants to or not. It's going to happen. 
They're going to have to plug in their stuff. They got to, and that staff ain't going to, you know, ride around uh, in a on an ox right. cart following right. around. <laughs> right. They're going to take a bus or an airplane as she travels the world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To uh, preach her uh, message of saving uh, the planet. I'd be more worried about coronavirus and half the world uh, still having no sanitary means of going to the bathroom. That's the best thing that we could be doing. When I picture an ox cart, I see wood wheels. Yeah. Solid wood yeah. wheels, yeah. like they're well, cut from the big, a tree trunk. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the sticks like, sticking like out, fully yeah. not, not fully round, too. No, no spokes. Bumps. Yeah. <laughs> I was at Frats over the weekend looking for a magnet on the end of a long pole. I need a magnet for when I drop stuff. I want to be able to reach down and, and pick it up. I've got one of those. It's the coolest. I know. Tool I need ever. one. Yeah. I need one, and I didn't For find what I was after. Stuff. I, yeah. I didn't take any pictures of it, and I should have. I bought a snow rake at a, uh, a discount place. A roof rake, and it didn't. Yeah, a roof rake. It didn't come with all of the parts. Should have gone to France. Well, I did. So I went and got the plastic PVC piping. Yeah. And screwed through it. Put the bolt on. Boom! Works like a charm. I was very proud of myself. Wow. wow! Yeah, it is very wow. proud. Of myself. Very if you're proud. telling the truth, I'm impressed. I am because the housing was oval, so I had to take a wrench and bend okay. the the pipe. All right, so it would All right. that's now. enough. That's <laughs> enough. <laughs> it was interesting. But anyway, you lost I went one share. step too yeah. far. Yeah, yeah, you did. You Sorry. took it a, a little <laughs> bit too just, far. I'm gonna bail just out just here. Just a little bit too far. I'll be over here in the corner. Hey, did you guys download that new Pod MN app yet? I have. I have. How do you do that? You go to your phone app. Go to the app store. Pod M N P O D M N. Yes. Download it, and what happens? You get all you of get your podcast. You get your Garage Logic podcast. You get Table Talk with Rookie's family, Fret the Fret Club, and the Beer Show, which launches every Thursday night. Nice. All at your disposal at Pod M N. Well, fine, do that, and then you can also listen to every single Garage Logic podcast that we have ever done, because the list just keeps going on and on and on. Garage Logic podcast version. Don't forget to download Monday Night Sports Talk podcast, which we're going to check in with Patrick and do right after this.